going to read, Paul. I think that there's there's four paragraphs, but you can stop me anytime. This thought brings us to step 10. Stop. <laughs> Go on. Go on. What page is it? We're on page 84. We're going to roll into 85. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We, entered, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep, fit, keep in fit spiritual condition. Two more, you, you want me to keep going? Yeah. All right. It is easy to let up on our spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Well, yeah. Paul, alcoholic. Hello, everyone. Uh, one thing, I don't see alcohol as a subtle foe. I would say alcoholism. Yeah, alcohol is just a liquid, yes, so... Um, yeah, this has a lot, you know, there's so much in these things, especially if you followed it in the past and you continue to 
reap the rewards of that. Um, the idea of when we talking about we continue to watch selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and when these crop up, we ask God to remove them. That's sort of like step six and seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're entirely ready to have these removed. And then we humbly ask that power to remove them. That's step six and seven. So we watch or now we're not really watching out. We're aware of stuff we weren't aware of before. So we're, we're aware of selfishness before there's an acting out from it that we're aware of the dishonesty and resentment and fear not as an afterthought where it's just harm reduction but before uh, that's really an aspect of the spiritual awakening is we aren't the result of this shit we see we see it before it can produce the effects so uh I think he's talking about six and seven there. And then he goes on into the, the effects of when we're restored to sanity concerning the first drink. Because that's basically what he's saying. So we got this point, we have been returned to sanity concerning that insanity before the first drink. Now there can be five years of insanity before the drink, or there could be five years plus one second that causes you to have the drink. But there's... We're restored to sanity concerning that, yeah? So, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recall from it from a hot flame. So now we have the solution to the problem. And the solution is uh, we've recognized the problem. So... We have sanity where there was insanity. And when the insanity was there, we acted out on that fuck it. And we reaped the consequences. And uh, all other solutions showed up by let's drink more. Let's get more loaded. Let's move. Let's do this. Let's do that. All rooted in attempting to manage the unmanageability of that insanity. Now that insanity has been removed or has been changed into sanity, and now we can live uh, based on a different way, which is trusting the infinite rather than finite self. And we've seen our faith in finite self was actually what allowed the self to defeat us. Us believing the false evidence made it appear to be real to us. And then there was acting out on that. And then, you know, you're on the fly paper of life and now you're stuck. Now you have court dates or you have a broken marriage or you have, you know, you're out of work because you said something stupid at work after you were drinking. You know, all these things have a snowball effect. And usually when we're in the throes of the addiction, it leads to more using. You know, we just keep you know, betting on the same horse that's never run, you know, never won the race. And we just keep going down with the ship because we are powerless. This, this, this loop of self-importance hasn't been broken. Yeah. So I believe the recognition of the problem and then really a lot of service in the beginning, especially, which would give you a sense of being out of self so you could feel what it was like 
relieved of that bondage so that that would be attractive and motivate you to really thoroughly do an inventory and, you know, to try to live the spirit of the third step. Because we would see, we would get a free sample of feeling better. Yeah. And then feeling like um, spacious, in other words, like the marathon runners out of the closet. So it feels better. It can stretch its legs. It feels available. It feels present and it feels worthy. It feels like it has some worth being used by this new employer and you and being used to fulfill the agenda of step 12 practice these principles in all your affairs and if you can't do that limit the affairs and to help other people uh, to achieve sobriety with the hopes that they want sobriety if you're helping other people who don't want it whatsoever you may be in the experience of pearls before swine you know so yeah this is uh, somebody brought up that uh, we're not talking about replacing AA. I mean, this is a beautiful four paragraphs. Yeah. Now, while you're following these suggestions and they become habits, your life's going to change to the point that maybe the tight-fitting uh, rigidity, rigidity of the program will become much more loose-fitting and you'll wear it in a much looser manner. And you'll be more like a free-range alcoholic because actually, like it says in step 11, to improve one's conscious contact through prayer and meditation, the point is to improve one's conscious contact, not prayer and meditation. If you read it, it says, hey, uh, we're seeking to improve and then we through prayer and meditation, but it could be through everything. Once you have that contact, the contact itself keeps improving the contact. So uh, <laughs> you're not okay because you do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. You're okay, and you may do this, this, and this, and this, and this. Yeah, it's a whole different, uh, just different, completely different. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here once again, and uh, uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks, Anne, for running it. And any yeah. questions or shares or whatever, it's fine. Anne was wondering if you have a door you can close to keep out the sound. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Amelia? Hold on. I'm going to check with her, too. Me... Okay. Yeah. Hey, honey, can you lower it down a little? Yeah. Does yeah, anybody here. have any questions on the steps? Anything Paul's talked about or recently today? We'll go in a different direction. We were actually, there was a transmitting through Italian a sub, subliminal message. I hope everyone got it. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I know, Italians can talk. Man. That's, that's, yeah. um, all right. Well, thanks for doing that. Um, let's see who was here first. Um, Eligio's got something, a question for you today, Paul. Hey, hey, Paul, how you doing? Anyways. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the steps. Question on the steps. So, yeah, the one, two, three, it's become a little difficult because I'm not a believer. Uh, it says, yeah, you should believe in something. I'm trying to believe in something. 
but I don't know what I believe in. Well, let's just let's just not believe in you, so to speak. The thing okay. that's talking in your head, because the thing that's talking in your head is saying you're not a believer. Just don't believe okay. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll start. I'll start there. Thank you, you see, when we enter the program, the dominant uh, you is the problem. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. So it's it's constantly pontificating about the new solution it's been introduced to. So it will yeah. it will state emphatically, "I'm not a believer," but that's not you speaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, totally do it. Just do the thing. Don't worry about believing or not believing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just see. Yeah. Hey, am I powerless? over substances or whatever. And does my life seem unmanageable? Yeah, that's that's observation, that's not belief. You just look at it, see if that's true. And if it's true, yeah, can, so now you've done the first step, then the second step is to me an observation. You do, you follow su the suggestions of the program and in a few weeks, you'll probably have come to believe that something that greater than you has restored you to sanity concerning the insanity before the first drink, because you haven't drank for eight weeks. <laughs> that's, the, that's the observation. And you couldn't not drink for eight weeks on your own power. So something's working for you. And then the third step is just making a decision. It has nothing to do with a belief. The belief is that you're screwed, basically, really, and that what's ever running the show hasn't been doing a good job. So you yeah. make a decision to turn your will and life over to care of a higher power of your own understanding. So what the hell's where's where's there difficulty in that? You can make up the whole thing. You can make up that which you're going to turn your life over to, <laughs> you know, and it's just a decision. So there's no even, there's not even any, uh, <laughs> we, there's, there's no proof necessary. You just make the decision and then what? There's no belief. It goes right into action. You do an inventory. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Thank there's you. a lot of belief in the problem right now. Yeah, no, I, do believe, I, do, I, do, I do believe that I'm fucked. I do believe that. Well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. And, yeah, and can you get out of it? Because if you could have, you would have already. Yeah? Yeah? If you could have, you would have already. So obviously, I'm powerless in a sense on the, based on the conditions I'm in. They demonstrate that uh, I can't pull it off. Yeah? I'm outmatched. Yeah? This is what people would say to me. Why don't you stop? I said, well, I wish I could, but it doesn't seem like I can. So there was this, there was this hopefulness, but which, which was surrounded by a sense of powerlessness. I couldn't pull what, a, what people were saying for me to pull off. I couldn't do it. I kept drinking and using. So I had to take another tact. I had to admit that I can't do it. And then suddenly it seemed to get done. Yeah. And it was clear that I wasn't the I wasn't the source or the origin of that solution. I followed simple suggestions, and my life got better. Yeah. 
and the one key part of those suggestions, they weren't my suggestions, yeah? Because I had been listening to my suggestions for years and things got worse. So now I'm listening to the suggestions of the program <laughs> and uh, my life gets better through the uh, influence of the program, yeah? And I come to believe. There's no need to believe. It doesn't say you believe that something can restore you to sanity. You come to believe that because you're restored to sanity, at least for a day when you couldn't stay away from a drink for an hour. So there is evidence that something's happening to us, and we come to believe that there's, there's a power that's occurring uh, and you want to call it whatever you want, higher power, the Buddha nature, God, it doesn't matter. It's the power that's necessary. Because the dilemma we're in is powerlessness. So we have to attempt to access a new source of power, and we can't do that on our own, or we would have, yeah? So it's obvious it's, we can't because we, it hasn't happened. You know, I'm 30-something years old, and I'm washed up. Yeah. And to and to keep that reality away, I drink and I use to avoid, you know, uh, you know, the day of reckoning. I know I'm screwed, but I just keep running from it. So this is what happens. So the belief, you don't need belief. You just do what we're asking we suggest just do them and see what happens yeah you don't need to believe them or you don't need to not believe them just do it yeah. so take a review am i palace over alcohol and drugs well, yes obviously how do you know well who would have who would have chosen to go to a two-year program <laughs> no one looks up you know rehabs as vacation destinations you freaking end up there because of what's happened, yeah? So I spent two years in the program. It was pretty clear <laughs> that I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. Now, I believe the unmanageability was caused by my trying to manage, but that came later, yeah? So I didn't, at first I thought the unmanageability was because I was drinking and using but when I stopped drinking and using, there was still a lot of unmanageability being produced. So I realized that wasn't true. And I came to another conclusion that it was my own, not my, but self-managing that caused my life to be unmanageable. Yeah. But that was, uh, that's, that was for a, a later date. So, yeah. And then the second step to me is observation. No belief necessary. You'll come to believe. It doesn't say... Before, to, for you to come to believe, you have to believe. It doesn't say that. It says you do what we do. You face the fact of the first step, and then maybe you take some suggestions, and it leads you to a revelation about the second step. And then the second step should get you really jacked up about the third step because you found a solution <laughs> to a seemingly state of mind and body. Hallelujah. So, and they're not even asking for you to surrender. They're just saying, make a decision to turn your mess of a life and your, and your misdirected will over to the care of something else. 
That sounds like a great deal. Yeah. And then do the work, four through nine. And then you'll see where your beliefs are after that. Yeah. Remember, the problem resides in the head, and it talks to us as us. you got to see, sooner or later, it's talking to you as you, and it's providing a lot of false evidence, not to support your life, but to support it, yeah? Because the parasite needs the host, yeah? Not to know that there's a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just stay with it and then if you don't life will is the greatest teacher you'll fucking back you'll end up here and maybe you'll be convinced you know but who knows but uh you can either go the the softer way or the harder way but you'll probably unless you die you're gonna people i know who drink because they hate AA inevitably end up back in AA. <laughs> so what I what happened to me was I realized if I jump off this horse, I'm going to be dragged right back to it. I'm going to stay on the horse from now on. <laughs> I've hit a point where there's not really that many options left. <laughs> if I keep drinking and getting loaded. <laughs> life isn't going to turn wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I'd much rather like the medicine I essentially need than hate it, you know, but take the medicine either way. <laughs> but I'd much rather like it than hate it, yes. But you need the medicine. Yeah. I'm sure people don't like to take insulin when they have diabetes. But if they don't take the insulin, they have, diabetes has them. You know, and when I was young, it blew my mind. Well, I got run over by this car, and so my whole life changed. I was like 28 years old, and one aspect was they would send a van to pick me up at my sister's house to bring me to the hospital for like physical therapy or something. And in that van, there seemed to be a lot of older people, like my age now, but older people. And a lot of them had diabetes and they hadn't taken care of it and they lost their leg. I had no idea that it would go that far. It was mine. And I was in a, I was, I was prone. I had to be on like on a stretcher, but I was listening to all these stories. I couldn't freaking believe it. I didn't know diabetes led to, uh, you know, taking off legs and fucking arms and shit. Yeah. So... This, in a way, is, for some of us, knowing it or not, it's that essential. A program, a way of life, or a design for living. Because that's where our disease manifests. It, did, it, did, it manifests in the living of life, yeah? And so we need a way of life to sort of allow that, that problem to be sort of diminished. So it does. So it's not the dominant tattoo of our life, yeah. And AA is a way. I'm not saying it's the way. It is a way. I don't know of any other ways that work, but this way is the way that found me, yeah. 
and I have a great amount of honor and gratitude for it. And if you're a real addict and a real alcoholic, I mean, and you've come to a meeting, I think that's grace, really. Because something wants to introduce to you as to a solution. It's awesome. So, yeah. Just stay with us or don't because you'll be back if you don't anyway, probably. Yeah. Because one thing, it has nothing to do with belief, but you need to be convinced. Yeah, it doesn't say uh, being believed. It says being convinced. Yeah, now that could lead to believing with certainty, but being convinced that you're screwed is pretty much essential for you to really see the value of the suggestions of the program. Yeah. Or you're going to be screwed if you keep doing what you're doing. There's, that needs to be a, clear, a clarity around that, for sure. Yeah? Because who wants to do this shit? Like it says, who wants to admit complete defeat? Only one who's completely defeated, <laughs> basically. You know? I mean, yeah. So, but thanks. Nice to see you. I've got a question from uh, the chat, Paul. So I'm going to read it. In terms of just do or doing the thing, how does one work with the components of depression, deep fatigue and fogginess, and anxiety, fear-based avoidance and procrastination? I know this process works if I work it but I find myself without f sufficient energy or courage to take action. Well, then again, we try to rely on that power. I can't speak from experience. I'm not, I've never really had a depression, I don't believe, or it doesn't look like what I experienced was like a lot of other people's experience. So I'm not, I don't have an experience of, of being, you know, under a depression for, days or months and stuff so i don't know but i do know that you there must be a feeling of being outmatched in that condition and there's a point of surrender so that you admit that you can't do it and that allows another juice to become influential that's my experience with it so uh and then to work with people personally, like a sponsor or something, to go over this kind of things and where you feel like you can't stand up, rely on the group, you know, the group will be available. Like even at these talks, people stay after the talk and they network and I find uh, that they feel that they get a lot out of it. So just take advantage of that. Yeah. But it would be helpful to work or to to be intimate with others, because a lot of these things are forms of isolation or a desire to isolate, and you're completely outmatched in that state. When you're isolated with the parasite, you're pretty much outmatched, yeah? So, uh, yes. And welcome to the group. Um, let's see. I don't see anybody else. I was 
Oh, there's Leah. Hi, Leah. You want to come in with your question? No, I don't. She's not. She didn't hear you, hon. Can't hear you. I was trying to unmute. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, Paul, I'm ecstatic. I'm doing I'm I'm doing so well and I've got just <clears throat> I think I, I don't so much have a question. I've not talked in a long time. And uh it's funny because when you said earlier at the start of the meeting, Amelia being Italian, I'm Italian. And uh I also I act I actually ended up getting Italian citizenship through my grandmother named Amelia. So um, the irony is uh, that you mentioned Amelia being a talker, the Italians talk a lot. And, you know, I just have not felt compelled to say much in here for the past few months. I think it's probably been five to six months since I've spoken. Um, because I realized at the beginning, I think I talked a lot and it was self getting in the way of being able to hear the message. And uh, so I just kept coming back because the message um, was obtuse for me. Um, you know, self can't get out of self. And, and that, you know, I hear everything and especially having arrived at the point of, uh, you know, realizing I got a spiritual subpoena, realizing, you know, these character deficits, thank God not having any issue with my powerlessness and, and handing my life over to God. Um, I think then at that point, um, I felt very compelled to get into this, um, state of trying to understand everything and and mickey worked with me a lot with this and uh he was she was a great messenger in in just reinforcing the idea that um leah you're just spirit you're just spirit you're only spirit and um it dawned on me well, of course, self can't get out of self because I'm not self. There's no self. And when that dawned on me um, and clicked, that was a light bulb. Like, no, uh, that lifted and shifted and changed everything. Um, because miracles have happened. And, and namely... Um, the, the God working through me in, in the, in the, um, sense, uh, of my anger and my temper, for example. So my action figure is, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, uh, pigeonhole Italians or anything like this, but, um, I've got a fucking temper and I've got a mouth on me and I've got, I'm rude and I can cut. And uh, I've, I've, I'm the fire starter and I've, I've ruined a lot because of my mouth and because of my, my alcoholism. And again, none of this is me. This is all just the action figure. 
and and I saw this destruction and my attempts to take action, my attempts to self through it had no effect. It was so inauthentic. It was like throwing, I don't know what, I don't even know what, like it was like uh, sticking your finger in a leak and like another fucking leak would come out. You know, it was just, wasn't working. And so I finally um, started to pray over it and pray for the people that hurt me and really, really mean it. And miracles started to happen. Um, God started doing through me, um, started working through my spirit because my action figure just is not capable of, um, that's why I need my program to, to make my action figure. So like I'm, I can be in the world legally (laughs) and like not risk getting thrown in jail or trouble or ruining more relationships. Um, and this is just the, the embodiment right now for me of, um, yeah, self not being in self and not getting it. His self isn't even a part of the story. And so I just wanted to share with you, uh, and for anybody who maybe is not getting this. And, and like I said, it was obtuse for me for so long, I think because I have just maybe a very annoying brain that feels compelled to have to just understand everything. And, and I understand your words, but I couldn't do it. And the thing is, the reason I couldn't do it is because it's nothing I can do. You see? And, and the freedom and the glory and the beauty and the, Jesus Christ, just the relief in that. Uh, You'll never know how, how grateful I am to you, to Mickey, to everybody who runs and bit slap and uh, you know, to Mickey it's into God. It's just beautiful. So thank you. Thank you, Leah. And uh, I want to make a disclaimer. I love Italians. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to start anything with the Italians. <laughs> but, you know, you joke around a little. <laughs> Especially when the Italian's not in the room. <laughs> but she's probably hearing it right now. So, <laughs> forgive me, Italian. So. I don't know. I wouldn't be too sure about that, Paul. Yeah, Leah keeps pointing, but she can't speak. Yeah. This is what I wish with when I have. No, I'm not going to go there either. Yeah. All right. No, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We've got we've got. Uh, I don't want to dig the hole any deeper. But, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Quit while you've just got you know one. No, I was saying, Paul. I said it's a smart answer. I said because the way we get back to you, Italians. I said we'll quit feeding you. I know. I know. I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've become totally dependent on Amelia (laughs) for food intake. (laughs) I've forgotten that I could have ever cooked anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's their little magic trick. That's for sure. All right. Well, who's what's going on here? We got we've got several hands up, Paul. So 
It looks like you got a lot of questions ahead. Uh, next up is Jake. <laughs> Thank God I don't have any. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. This is Jason at San Diego. Good to be here with you today. Uh, yeah, Paul, I'm actually great. Yeah. I'm, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for this forum because the question that I have to ask is, it's not something that would be clear how to even bring it up as a subject in, uh, in AA in general. And it's, uh, you know, on page 25, it says the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. And um, that, that has been my experience. Yeah. The question has to do with, as a result of listening to you and uh, some other people, I've been being, feel like I'm being drawn into an interest in non-duality. Uh, Ramana Maharshi, uh, who am I? Who is it that this thought appears to me? Who am I? Don't answer the question, just ask it. And my, I'm not clear how to phrase this except that it's confusing because it's much easier just to think that God's entering into my heart. You know, kind of a, that's a dualistic kind of model. It's me and God comes into my heart yeah. and lives and yeah. does these things that I can't do. And then there's this other model or approach where it's like letting go of a person that doesn't really exist to just be that which is manifesting, just what's appearing. And I just, I don't get how to stay in God reliance and move into the, this experience. And I know Ramana said that if, you, if who am I and self-inquiry doesn't work, that then the person can just surrender everything of their life to God. And that will bring to them, them to the same place. And uh, you may need to ask me some more questions about what I'm talking about. I don't know whether it's clear or not, but there's a sense of, um, do, am I really in the process of learning how to ride two horses at once, AA and non-duality? Because most people in AA are not going to have any idea what the hell this is all about. You know? so, yeah. All right. Obviously, since I don't. <laughs> all right. Let me just share because now there's time, yeah? Time is one thing. And then because of there's time, then there's a sense of there's no time in a way, which is like that feeling of the now, the now of yesterday and the now of tomorrow is just now. Yeah. So this timeless part is what I feel non-duality is rooted in. And then the time part, non-duality can express itself through into the time where it enlivens and illuminates that little uh, dualistic reliance on a higher power in you, the reliant one on the higher power, yes? So it's almost as if uh, the space of non-duality allows that play to be enjoyed, yeah? Yeah, if you ever, if you're interested, has have had a lot of great poets and they do it in a way where 
if you read it, it's very clear the aspect of non-duality, but their joy and expression of it is in a is in a dualistic manner of the beloved. Yes, mm-hmm. so they have a lot of fun with the play of the two, but they have they're rooted in the one. Yeah, and I don't see that there's any conflict with that. Tell you the truth, mm. yeah, because yeah. the play has to do with what we're not. And what we are has to do with what we are, yeah? And what we are can influence the play of what we're not and can find expression through the play of what we're not, yeah? Which is awesome. So I don't, uh, thank God I've never had any problem with it because I was rooted in recovery before these ideas landed, yeah? And, uh, one of the aspects of the whole point is I saw a lot of people would leave AA for something else. And I felt uh, there's not, that's not necessary. You can bring whatever you find back in AA, back to AA. AA is a big enough freaking umbrella or a space. It can hold anything, really. It's the people that make it confining. and Yeah, but the space yeah. of AA is huge. So, yeah, I have... Uh, my intimate experience as an action figure is that something is doing for me what I can't do for myself. That's completely the, 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 the most intimate relationship in it with experience here is that something is doing for me what I cannot do for myself, bar none. And in the context, yeah, there's that which is always, always so and never not so. And I don't see any conflict with both. Yeah. 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 So the way I express what it's like to be Paul under this influence is that something is doing for me what I can't do for myself. That's an artistic expression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not true. It's an expression because we're in a place that's not true. We're in a place called dreaming. Yeah. But in this dreaming, there can be a lot of expressions, and one of the expressions can be coming from the intimacy with what's true, expressing into what's not true, yeah? And how I describe that is something greater than me is doing for me what I cannot do for myself in what's not true, Hmm. yeah? So that's how I see it myself. Hmm. That I don't is, see that is very helpful. I know I can understand the conflict, but mm-hmm. I don't have any of it, which is great. But I can understand mm-hmm. the conflict because we tend to see one in in a comparison with another. Mm-hmm. We don't see that one is appearing in the other. Yeah. We think there's one and the other. But in this case, one, this whole activity is appearing in the other. That's a different uh, combination than one and the other. One, this, is appearing in the other. Yeah. So in a way, that which can't be expressed can find expression artistically here. It's beautiful, I feel. Yeah. Just read Rumi and read Hafiz. It's gorgeous what they do with this intimation expressing it as the beloved and the one who's beloved. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, but yeah. I understand, yes. And I don't try to, I don't try to, it's not like, uh, it's not like one shoe trying to fit into the other shoe. It's like one shoe and then the box the shoe fits in. Yeah. So the box that the shoe fits in is the non-duality. The shoe is a dualistic expression. Yeah. Yeah. So while I'm wearing the shoe that came out of that box, I wear it in a sense of traveling light uh, with the shoe. And uh, uh, <laughs> it's almost an art project, really, in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't you... Uh, obviously, it's the beauty that expresses itself and sees itself as beautiful. Yeah, it is, obviously. Yeah, because a lot of these trees that I see as beautiful day, I saw tons of trees when I was using, and I didn't see them as beautiful. Yeah. So was it the tree that's beautiful? No. Yeah. The beauty now can leak out and everything looks pretty damn cool. Yeah, because it's not the thing. So the what we are of is expressing through things, but it's not the thing that's expressing, yes? Yeah, so that's how I see it right now. Call me in a couple hours, I may see it differently, but right now I see it that way. Yeah, I love the... Uh, yeah. What the highest form of language from the action figure isn't non-duality, it's surrender. It can play that note. The action figure can play the note of surrender beautifully. It has trouble playing the note of non-duality. Yeah. Because the non-duality is the silence that allows all the notes to occur. But as a note being played, surrender is much more intimate to me as a, the action figure than non-duality is. Yeah? Because this little trumpet can play the note of surrender. It can. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And it got there by being convinced of a lot of things <laughs> that it was denying. <laughs> and begrudgingly arrived at and, and an intervention occurred and I was struck sober and then many years it was begrudg begrudgingly being brought to a recognition of something that was always so and now it's gratefully uh, accepted yeah so if that ain't an art project I don't know what is an art project uh, expressing the recyclability of things here <laughs> <laughs> so something that seemed to have no value ends up having a huge value yeah yeah i mean that that's unbelievable isn't it look at the art of a recovered person it's unbelievable if you ask them as the art project they said i'm not doing anything of any value i just suck life out of people nothing and then you go in aa and all that unvaluable evidence and and shit from the past is put to great use to help other people i mean what the hell 
If that ain't an art project, I don't know what is. And who and what's directing that? It's not us, obviously. Yeah. So I think the non-duality arm stretches into this place. And uh I don't know, man. Something that's never seen can be so intimate with us, yeah? Something that never be heard yet is so intimately sensed as, uh, man, that's just a, a lovely art project. So, yeah. So, yeah, I can see the dilemma, but you don't need to ride two horses, yeah. Yeah, there's only one horse, really, or no horse, and then there's expressions that come from there. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, bro. I really like you. Thank you for your, I like the how your head is, so, yeah. Cool. Um, Ruby Rose has a question for you. Ruby Rose. Hi, hon. How's it goes? Here we go. Um, I just want to, I'm, I'm always just so grateful for this. I, uh, it's just, I like that I can say mind blown <laughs> and mean it blown. It's, uh, geez. The word defiance. I remember the first time I read that in the big book and I looked at that and I just went, oh my God. God, Christ, what am I up against here? And um, I really took that word personal uh, at a very young age. I became extremely defiant. And um, it's almost like an, an, an eating disorder, the, the, the power that it perceives that it gains from that. Um, and it uh, it's it is an extreme form of insanity to be that defiant because if I knew when they were beating me when I was little they wanted me to cry that is going to be the last thing I'm going to do instead of just crying and getting it over with I would carry it I it and once I you know heard you speak and the realization came that it was that 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 self thing that wanted that kind of power and that it wasn't me because I've always been uh, accused of being um, hard-headed and defiant and uh, won't listen and can't you just go along with it? And, you know, um, if, I, if I didn't understand it, I just, you know, mule-headed and uh, I, I won't defend myself if I don't, if, if I didn't do the crime, I'm not, I won't, I, I won't, I won't even give you words to, uh, my God, to, to, to not be under that anymore is, is mind blowing to me. I mean, it's just not, uh, it's gone. It's like one of those, like the drinking gone, using gone you know, some of the, just the insane behavior that I thought I was responsible for. And, and I took it on 
you know, I didn't, I wasn't like arguing that I wasn't up to that shit. I, I, I could see it. Um, and, and like you've talked about, you know, when you, when you do four or five and then you go to six and seven and you offer it up and say, I can no more do this than I could stop the drinking and the, the drinking and the using. And then you go out and yeah, um, it comes to the point where, you know, it can't matter why I broke my leg. I just better get my ass into the hospital and have them take care of it. You know, but back in the day, it'd be like, well, who was driving the car and what kind of car were they driving and were, you know, were they drunk? And, you know, you just, you fucking, in, you investigate clear back to God. Like I remember you saying 1954 once, and it made me laugh instead of just going in and taking care of business. Mm-hmm. I had to go, you go through all this crap to take care of business and you're worn out by the time you can even like get yourself in to take care of the business. So, um, I can blather on and on about this because really, I like I said, my mind is blown. And I used to be roadkill. I just used to be like roadkill on the side of the road. And now I just like, I have this life I can't. I didn't even know humans could live like this. I didn't know that we could get together and, and sit and then listen to each other and support each other and laugh like this. And like, life could be okay. It's fantastic. You know, you could just go Pentecostal with it. It's really hard not to. So yeah, I just can't thank you enough, sweetheart. I, I just, man, mind blown. That's why I keep coming back. But Defiance, damn, boy, that was, whew. just to find out that it, the, that there's a solution for that and, and, and uh, I'm not it. We'll talk again, I'm sure. Thank you, hon. Thank you. Hey, uh, one thing, defiance or non-defiance, there's an activity that goes along with whatever's being expressed, which claims the defiance, and now you become the defiant one. That's where the bondage of self is is the sense of the one who's defiant. Because then the head gets invested in that story of being a a defiant one, yes? And on, so on and so forth. This is what it does. It justifies itself by claiming all these things. and, uh, And you don't get caught by the defiance, you get caught by being the defiant one. Yeah, because then to keep that identity, you cannot not be defiant to the point it leads you to get your ass kicked or shit like that, because you got to keep on keeping on supporting this identity because you're enslaved to self in a way. So your juice has to go to its productions, its its uh, renewal projects. Yeah, it can't be spent wisely because it has a, a, an, an agenda to be the one, yeah? It can be anyone, but it wants to be the one, the one. And so to see that mental activity allows you to be what you were before all that claiming, yeah? And then you'll find out a lot of stuff. 
and that you can you're not like a one trick pony you know you can be one way in a certain situation another way and you're not none of those yeah so you have a lot more <coughs> you have a lot more skits you know you got a lot more things that can come through because you're none of them yes yeah yeah so and it was clear to me when i was younger you ever see the movie the matrix where neo neo is supposedly the chosen one and he meets uh, an, a large aspect of the programming, which is called the architect. And the architect pretty much tells Neo, hey, you're the seventh savior. So there was an aberration in the programming, and we've dealt with it, and you're number seven. You're not the one. You're the seventh one. And it's not going to change anything because, yes, it's, in, it's part and parcel of the program. So you can see rebelling and, and, and compliance are the same in a way. You can't get out of what you're not in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just simple. So let's question are we in things that there's such a strong desire to get out of. Just check it out. Yeah. And then see if because its whole basis is based on that. That what you're in, what it's telling you, you're feeling is real, and there's no way out other than getting loaded, let's say. That's not true. Yeah. I mean, it's like going to an insane doctor and believing the diagnosis all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. <laughs> I remember when I thought I had rights after I got police pulled over by the cops and I was in the back of the police car and then I wanted to start shouting my about my principles and then I'd get my ribs broken. <laughs> because <laughs> it would have been better just to shut up. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, thank you, Ruby. Thank you from Wichita. I just like saying Wichita. It's a beautiful word. Yeah, Kansas, ah, but Wichita sounds good. All right, who? Uh, anyone else? Yes, sir. Eric B's coming in from Toronto. Oh, Eric. Yes. Hey, Paul. How are you? Good. 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 Um. So. You know, you have the saying, like, self cannot get out of self. That's not my saying. That comes from the community of AA. Okay. The community yeah, yeah. self can't get out mine. of self. Okay. Nothing I say is mine, but yeah, please. Okay. I thought it came, I, I heard it first from you, so I thought it came from. Uh, oh, no, it's from the community. So when we say that, like, self can't get out of self, but yet when I go through this process of the 12 steps, I start getting out of self when I start, you know, really giving back or, or you know, doing uh, step nine, you know, I have some sort of power that allows me to go in and make these amends to people where I probably would have never done, definitely wouldn't have done if I was using. And then it tells me that, you know, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We'll lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Right. So all these things like self starts leaving me, the more, you know, the more, 
the more self will come in, it tells me, you know, it tells me that like, you know, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. It quiets the mind, right? It quiets the urge when, when to yield would mean, you know, would, yes. mean, would mean heartache, right? So the more I work with people, the more quiet my mind will be, right? I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, like, generally. It's generally, yes. Like, you, you, you've solved the self-problem. No, I Not didn't the solve the self-problem. What I'm saying is, there's getting out of self, but it ain't self that's getting out of self. <laughs> For one thing. Yeah. So getting out of self is a possibility. If you want that to stabilize, realize you're not in self. Yeah. Because it's not the, it's not the, the self you're getting out of that's the problem. It's the self that thinks it's getting out of self is the real problem. <laughs> and usually that self that thinks it's getting out of self or thinks it's in self is called Eric or Paul and so we're lost by being in the act of identification as self we call it Paul or Eric but it's identification as self yes that's never getting out of self I like using Eric as a third person you know like the Yes, because see, Eric has an idea now about self. You don't realize that Eric is of self. Yeah. Yes. So the mental state has just switched allegiances. It was, a, it was aligned with the self that wasn't being seen. Now that self gets seen, so now it's, uh, it's uh, identified with the self that now is seeing the other self. That's the bondage of self. The bondage isn't like one handcuff, it's two handcuffs, yeah? It's the observable idea that we call self. Let's, let's say most people think they call it ego. Um, that's not what we're talking about, but let's just say it. And then there's the claiming of the one who's identifying ego, and that's the bondage of self, yes? So that's even like when you believe you see that which is causing the bondage, you're still in the act of being bound because you're identified as the seer of that. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's captured by the statement self can't get out of self. It's, an, it's really meant to trigger an observation of your own life and see if that need, that's true or not for you. Yeah? Yeah, that's, it's not like, a, it's not a, it's not like self get, can't get out of self and then there's two doors no, it's an observational statement so, so that you or I can look at it and see if that fits. Well, man, that seems to describe what Paul has been doing for 30 years. Maybe I'm not Paul. Maybe that Paul I'm taking myself to be is an aspect of self. Wow, that explains why I can't get out of self. <laughs> As Paul, because Paul is is the act of being identified as self. Wow, I had no idea. Now I do, yeah. So now what happens? The aperture that life seems to be affording me opens up and there's more seeing. You're not, there's not more seeing, there's seeing more, yeah, yeah, yeah. But So the aperture opens up and now there's seeing more and you start seeing what you used to call you. 
and then you see it's not you. And then those experiences of being out of self verify you're onto something. And you watch the head try to claim to be the one that got out of self. And then you realize, hey, that's self. That's the selfing. Wow. Now you've seen the two-card Monty. You know, you've seen the magic trick. Yeah. It's like I got I got one set of, you know, one person on my right telling me all this shit. I got something on my left telling me all this shit. I'm stuck in the bondage of self, which is really my mind. And you're telling me that I have to observe it from a, a completely different, you know, place. Well, you don't. It's the only place that any kind of seeing occurs from. So it's not like a different one. It's just going to be held or translated differently by the head. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's what you are. You are awareness. You're not, you, it's not Eric is aware. You are awareness. And then you have an awareness of what implies Eric. Yeah. And you start questioning, not the awareness, but you question Eric. <laughs> yeah. The idea of Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And the Eric is a twofold presentation. It's the objectified Eric and the subjectified Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, bro. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. The getting out of self as an experience, uh, there's a lot there that you may not know you bring back with you, you know? There's a lot there when you're out of self. It has a... Uh, because if you're, if you're, let's say the dog, you just give it the same food for years, yeah? Yeah. It has no idea there's any other flavors. And then suddenly one day you give it something else, it gets an experience. Now it may not like the old food. And maybe in this case, it's good that it doesn't like the old food. Yeah. Because now it has another possibility that it's looking from, it's seeing the old possibility of always having the same old, same old from a new possibility. And it doesn't see the great benefit of the old anymore. Yeah. So now there's a possibility where in the system of selfing, there isn't much. Yeah. When you entertain from the from selfing, when freedom is entertained, the self is included in all those entertaining of freedom. You want to be the one who's free when the freedom is from that you. Yeah. You see. So when we get relieved of alcoholism, there's still a bondage going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the underlying, that's what, all right, the alcoholism is seen through and it's subdued and then something underlying gets revealed that we had no idea of. Now you do. Yeah. And there's more, there's more relief available. I mean, I mean, systemic relief, not relief like you took a break for five minutes. I mean relief as a new basis. Yeah? So the game, not not like one five-yard marker, the whole game gets lifted up and you travel lighter. 
Yeah, because there's new basis now. Yeah? Now, the experience of being out of self becomes where you have experiences a lot of the time. You're out of self. <laughs> so that what was what was you got a small portion from being out of self, you get a larger portion when you're out of self. You know, you get a small taste when you have an experience of being out of self. You get a much larger taste when you're out of self, when, when something's clear, yeah? <laughs> and if you look at it almost as an invitation, you could see the one led to the other. So you get a sense of being out of self, and now you've got a, a curiosity. Hey, maybe the way I'm going doesn't have to be the way I'm going. So something that was just taken to be take taken for granted gets sort of questioned. Hallelujah, yeah, holla freaking Yeah. The step uh, step three prayer, and I've been sharing about it too because you really opened up my eyes to it, which is like, you know, relieve me of the bondage of self. Where it, it doesn't say re relieve me of the bondage of alcohol or alcohol or drugs or sex yeah. or shopping. Right. So for me, the problem is that that's the problem, the bondage yeah. itself. Right. Like the alcohol and the drugs, they've left me. The problem has been removed. You know, that's like I don't even think about it, you know, at all, ever 10 years, you know. So but 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 the other stuff is, is all the materialistic things that I think is going to make me, you know, happier or, or whatever it is. Right. That instant gratification of, of bullshit, really. So, yeah, so now there's, a, now there's a drilling to the well, you know. The deeper the drilling, there's probably a, there's more uh, relief there. Yeah? Hmm. It's like the peeling of the onion. You don't do the peeling of the onion. You're under the event calling called the peeling of the onion. And so there's a noticing things that you used to call your skin are falling away. Yeah? And, and in a sense, that's the basis of traveling lighter. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, uh, there's a, a tons of heaviness of our day that's made up. Yeah, completely made up. Yeah, let's say I have some physical disabilities. That seems to have a much more convincing effect than a lot of the shit my head's coming up with all day. So a lot of the stuff that's causing a heaviness today is coming out of nothing, really. It's all made up. The head is thinking, I'm going to be fucked next week. And, well, you know what, what I mean? So a lot of that could be trimmed down. <laughs> it's, you know, and the same story could be going on, but just cutting off a lot of the fat, at least, will bring a, 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 bring, will bring a sense of the solution, which will allow you to open up to more of it. Yeah, so sometimes it's not so much uh, let's keep looking at the heaviness. Let's Let's have gratitude for how light it is today. Yeah? It's a good one to throw that in there every once in a while. Just to stop right here at the Zoom and just feel the gratitude that we even have the time and the freedom to sit on a Zoom. Yeah. If I had a fucking heavy addiction, I wouldn't be waiting, you know? 
I'd be going, I'd be leaving the room, going, making my calls, whatever. There would be no way I could just sit here because I'd have too many demands going on. Yeah? Look at the freedom that we have already. So, I'm stoked. I'm very stoked because there is a solution. Yeah? That's awesome. Yeah. So, Good to see you, Eric. Yeah. There, you know, there comes a time when a lot of the the vigilance does it. It's you know, it's all called off. The security guards are called off. Yeah, there's no one like you know. There's no lookouts necessary. It's just things get established. You're, you're relieved of the self-importance that demanded so much thorough investigations. You just fucking lose interest in it. Yeah. yeah. For all intenses and intents and purposes, you're completely Paul by not being Paul. Yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. And it's not so much... Uh, Everything isn't accompanied by thought and tons of other shit. Yeah, happens. So I'm here to share with you uh, how it was revealed through this, the problem where, you know, to reinforce the problem resides in the mind and to just share the activities that imply self. Yeah, so that if you can see them as activities, you must be seeing them as activities from something that's not an activity, so to speak, yeah? I would say that's what we are, yeah. So, yeah. It gets a toehold in your life, and then it's just beautiful. It just gets, all it needs is a little toehold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all that's needed really uh, and a little, maybe a little bit of willingness and I figure a life that had been lived under the tyranny of alcoholism and addiction should be fucking open to be inspired you know because <laughs> I mean you could never do it justice that the exquisite suffering the head produced through active alcoholism and addiction, yeah? The, the drilling the head would do just was unbelievable. I mean, unfreaking believable After eight days or nine days being up on a drug run, the head was just merciless. It was incredible. I did this one thing, one of the stupidest things I ever did out there, yes? I was bored on a Tuesday night. I was with this French lady. She was bored also. We were both intravenous users. I went to a, this guy who was a chemist's house who I used to get stuff from. He didn't have anything except adrenaline. Pure <laughs> adrenaline. So I thought it was a good idea to shoot some adrenaline up. <laughs> Fucking French lady was in the same condition I was in. She shot the adrenaline up. We weren't very close, and we were not close at all, rushing out on adrenaline for the next eight at 12 hours. 
<laughs> I cannot do that justice now. I'm thoroughly removed from that. But I have the trauma from that night still reverberates. You cannot believe it was like being in a perpetual heart attack for 8 to 12 hours, not bearing to be with anyone except the other person that was going through the same thing and not really wanting to be with her. I mean, this is what, we can't do any of that justice. You It's unbelievable what we've been relieved of. It's unbelievable, yeah, that I don't go there or anywhere near there for year after year after year after year after year. I mean, I'm just totally humbled in gratitude for something that intervened and changed the direction that I was listening to with great religious zeal to turn that fucking station into a comedy channel is just monumental. Yeah, literally. So I'm really stoked with where we're at. All right, thanks. Okay, two things, Paul. First of all, Izzy, just to put in the chat, and I want to share it with you, that um, having a tough time, but it's so amazing that you're here doing this. It's like coming home. Great. Well, yeah. And sometimes you know, the tough time is the only way we can access a certain value right now. Yeah? It's just the way how life goes. Sometimes the admission can be steep, but pay it gladly because where it's going to lead to, uh, hopefully many of us are examples of where it leads to. You know, a peace that passeth understanding. So, yeah, there's people, we're all here for people who are having a tough time because we believe that that tough time is going to pass, yeah? Yeah. So. I don't do it. I don't come here to do anything. I'm sharing. A, uh, I'm sharing from an incredible transformation that I had very, very little to do with. That's all. That's what I'm sharing because I know the same dynamic is right there, right where you are, exactly. And the same space that holds up me here holds up you there, exactly. And that our solution is not divided and is not of many. Yeah? It's of oneness. Or not even, I don't like the word oneness. It's of spirit. That's the solution. And we are of the solution. We may be entertaining the problem, but we are of the solution. Yes? So, it's vastly different. All right, Ann. Anyone else? Yep, Debbie's going to come in. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, 
I just wanted to affirm that really, Paul, that um, I want to affirm that the use of the 12 steps never loses its value to me because I will get caught up in selfing occasionally. And the result is I'm in a lot of pain and um, having those beautiful tools to be able to go back and do a step four and five. And I wish I was just at a place where I could just use step 10, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, sometimes I just have to hurt too much and then go back to that tool and have another little look inside what self is up to. And um, I've been so released the last couple of weeks since, um, since going to and talking through that stuff and getting another person's um, little insight into Who's bringing yeah. in? <laughs> is it time to go to bed? <laughs> um, Somebody's calling. <laughs> Somebody's calling you. <clears throat> and something just so delicious happened to do, you know, I, I felt so relieved of the bondage of self again that I'm feeling in that joyous space where I can just move around and do what it is that happens. And today I had such a gorgeous experience. I went to work with somebody um, who I di didn't know what her difficulties were. And I popped into her life and it turns out that she's mute. I didn't have any pre-warning of this at all, but you know, it didn't matter because that space we can enter into, it nothing matters because when we're suddenly in a place, we're there. And the joy and the love that we've shared today was so effing beautiful. It just was, it was so precious. And I'm just so grateful for the, the education that we have from each other and from being in safe spaces like this to explore things more deeply can just always be a gentle reminder of change and that we are changeable. Things just flow and change. When we see that there are things that are stuck, we have the tools to look at them and then we can keep flowing again. And I'm just so grateful for that. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Debbie. And? Right. Yep, I'm here. And I apologize. <laughs> that was my FaceTime going off, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped. Oh, let it happen again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, you know, you got to put me down. Um, Rich is going to come in. Who is? Rich. Oh, Rich. Rich, Thank yeah. God how are you doing? doing? <laughs> Could you imagine if this was happening in your house? Rich is going to come in. What the <laughs> <laughs> but it is all right all right hi paul uh first of all just thank you um to start with with all of this i don't know it was all just i don't know i just felt i would try my best to listen and things weeks and months ago and i would just i don't know i just couldn't get engaged now bored. but something's changed recently and i just feel really engaged with a message and as some as someone said the other day even though the same things have been said I like that. I don't know. Something, something's maybe happening. But so I'm rich. I can tell you, as rich, 
but I'm not rich. It's rich that's telling you that he's not rich. And rich can't get out of rich. So I guess I'm just confused, which is okay. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, really. I'm just confused, but that's okay. That is okay. Confusion is good. Okay, something well, I'm will, in the right place. Something will come out of it, yes. I'd rather be confused of something that's unsure than to be totally sure of it. <laughs> that's sort of the stirring or the waking up, yeah. You start questioning what's going on, yeah. Yeah, yeah Rich has been trying to work it out for a long time, and I'm, I'm finally worked out that I can't work it out. If that makes sense. That's a great. Oh, that's that's, a, that's, that's a, a that's a that's a, a a a great leap. In fact, not going anywhere. It's a great relief. Yeah, really. It's all this. You can see this. You know, I've uh, you know I've been at talks for. I've gone to a lot of Paul Hedeman meetings. Yeah, so. I, and I've watched, you know, I observe what happens a lot. So this is a nice beginning, Rich, yeah. Things are happening. And then if if you're getting stoked about it, take advantage of the the talks, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we'll because do. Something, something is going to use it to build something else, which will be maybe a, 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 let's say, a more sturdy platform for Rich to disappear, so to speak. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah. I always tell when, when I, you know, like I remember when I got introduced to AA, I was on fire, really. And I was totally screwed up and I was probably completely up the ass itself, but it didn't matter to a certain level. I just kept going to meetings and I was raising my hand, taking commitments, doing this, doing that. And I learned as I went, yeah, that something greater than me was doing for what I doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I learned it intimately over and over again. And then, you know, life started demanding itself back from me, really. I had to go over a lot of things that I was conveniently avoiding most of my life, like not being able to have a viable relationship with another human being. Yeah. So I kept getting opportunities to you know, to, to learn that I could face life successfully. I wasn't happy about a, a lot of those lessons. I wasn't, you know, I felt like something was fucking, you know, fucking with me, you know, but I was the better for it. And for me to be the better for it makes me of maximum use to others. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of stuff that I had thought I would had successfully avoided all caught up to me when I got sober. <laughs> I mean, everything. And uh, some of the reviews I didn't want to hear, you know, because uh, I was in the business of trying to save my face instead of my ass. I had missed, I had misidentified my face as my ass, yeah? And this program is about saving your ass, not your face. And so... <laughs> I had to have a, a lot of uh, anatomy lessons to get that clear. All right, this is your ass and this is your face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Just stay on the operating table. Don't get up. Don't play doctor. And uh, yeah, you'll be happy for the results. 
Yeah. I will do. Thank you. And if I could just say one last thing, um, I've noticed I've noticed this a few times. Sometimes you'll be talking, and I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. I can hear the words, but it just Great. as I'll be speaking Chinese. But it seems okay at the same time, and I know that what you're saying is true, even though I don't understand. If that makes sense. There you go. That's listening. Good. Yes, it's not the words, bro. I don't know what it is, but I yeah, know the yeah. words. The words are like an envelope, but they're not what's in the envelope. The words are Trojan horse, man. Yeah, like a Trojan horse, exactly. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I keep being yeah. fooled, man. <laughs> it's a very good. That's a good image. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So when you Thank think you. you got it, when you think you got it. You better get ready to get it, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Thanks, Rich. That was wonderful, actually. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. That's all she wrote, Paul. Oh, I could go on forever on today. It's well, good. Keep going. No. <laughs> <laughs> we will keep going, all of us. I'll give you something. <laughs> all right, one more if you want. All right, I'm gonna. Well, I don't know. I was gonna. This, this, this paragraph keeps coming up for the past. I don't know many many days, and it's it's uh, it says we cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it was though it once was just that for many of us, but it is clear that we've made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it on it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Yeah, I just disagree with that. We being the cause of the misery. Yeah. I think there's a manufacturing of misery, but I, we, as a long-lasting, independent, separate thing, is doing it. No. I just don't. So, yeah. If you see it's not you manufacturing the misery, uh, it throws a wrench in the manufacturing of misery. Because the manufacturing of misery becomes extremely miserable when there's an identification as the one who's miserable, yes? This, this solution and this invitation, which is a solution, solves that. Yes, there's misery, but there's no one who produced it or has it. That's where you're relieved of the mental suffering, even though you're in misery, yes? Yeah. Yeah. This is how you travel lighter. It doesn't say there's never going to be a moment that misery doesn't arise. It says you'll travel lighter through it because you won't see the added suffering of being the one who caused it or the one who's having it or the one who is miserable. Yeah. You, you, that false ownership, which is like a noose around your neck, will be loosened. Yeah. So you won't be hung every day by what's happening. 
Yeah. So I'm not a believer in that statement. And remember, this book was written by people who at most had four years or less of sobriety. I don't think they saw the exact nature of the wrong. I don't. I don't, you know, so. They may, at that point, it wasn't necessary. But now that AA has been here for 70 or 80 years, uh, there can be deeper drilling, yeah? Because it's established. At that point, it needed to be established. Now it's established. Yeah. So that you can have a deeper dive and not get thrown out of the pool. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, not a believer in that. I'm not a believer in that, you know, alcohol is the, is the clever foe. Alcohol is in it's, it's the ism, obviously. Yeah. So there's a couple of statements I don't agree with in the book basically those types where where the I believe where the facility that shit gets manufactured in yes but I don't think uh, what the factory produces isn't based on the factory it's who's running the factory and so let's call it self can be one of the old employer is using these facility to produce misery I'd be clear that it's the employer that's running the fucking show the old employer and now I'm under the influence of a new employer that doesn't want to use the f factory to produce misery. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this sense of ownership, uh, you know, it's just a slavery. It's a mental, it's a, another form of mental slavery. It's the sense of being seen as the owner and the doer of shit you had nothing really to do with. When you were under the influence, almost every cocaine addict under the influence acts pretty similar. They do, because it's not them individually doing anything. They're being driven the exact same way, yeah? Because that's which has driven them, is using the same modality to drive them, which is cocaine. And so how it looks to be driven by cocaine, actually they're driven by Self through in cocaine looks very similar. Yes, that's why a cocaine addict can recognize another cocaine addict. Yeah, because the same self was in that subdivision of cocaine addiction, and you can recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a believer in that. So. Take out the ownership, and I, I agree completely with the statement. <laughs> not that I'm anybody, but I'm just not going to... You're not... This isn't a fucking religion. You know what I mean? It's not like the Holy Bible. Yeah, yeah. The book can be interpreted. That's what it's supposed to be. You can... It's a living book. It's can, it's, you can only see it this way. No. Who said that? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is what happens. People lean towards fundamentalism in every in a lot of situations. So some people get fundamental around the big book. Yeah, but I don't see it as. A <laughs> I think it's meant to be read into. 
really. It, trig it's, it gives you some information and then you fill it up by your own observation and your own experiences, yeah, and your own reflections. And then you compare and you say, man, yeah, that, that sounds just like me. Yeah, there you go. Now it's doing its job, yeah, to set off that recognition that I have something or something has me that I wasn't really aware of, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. All right, that's it, Ania. This is just one member's view of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm throwing it out there. Do you believe now that you produced all your misery? And do you believe that you were the volitional could have gone a different way, doer of all those things under the influence. Was that really your observation and reflection on it? Mm -hmm. That I should have known better and not got on all fours and looked at lint on the rug thinking it was cocaine? No. That, no, give me a freaking break. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So a lot of shit was done through us that we were definitely not the doer of, yes or no. I mean, obviously. So let's be honest from our own observation. Yeah? Most people's observation is they feel like they were possessed or a demon took them over. Yeah, you're on to something. That's like an artistic flair of an expression, but you're on to something. Yes, yeah, something has taken us over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're on to something, literally. Yeah. Usually they don't get it. It doesn't go much farther because the act of identification blunts the curiosity. Yeah. Because it's stubborn sense of being individual and separate and unique doesn't lend itself to the realization when people share about their experiences, their feelings and their thoughts. And you recognize they sound just like my thoughts, my feelings. My... See, the selfing doesn't allow you to go there usually. Yeah, you don't get the similarity. You don't. You still think you're unique and you're the one that did it all. And it's bullshit. Yeah, you didn't have alcoholism. Alcoholism had you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a much clearer description Alcoholism had me, then, oh, I have alcoholism. Like, I did something wrong, you know? Who the fuck would have alcoholism? I have it. <laughs> you know, I, it has me sounded like that was the experience. <laughs> so I don't know. I do know. I'm just sharing from where I see it, yeah? You know, fucking, if you want to argue, don't argue with me. I have nothing to do with the message. It's not my message. It's a message. Yeah. I hope it helps. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any sinister intentions about sharing it. I really don't. In a way, I, don't, I could care less what you do with it or not. I'm compelled to put it out there. That's all. <laughs> and I've been, my job's complete. I know you're going to make it what it's going to be to you. You're going to interpret what I say. You are, just I interpret others, just like Rich shared, you know. The same, the same shit's coming out, but now he's interpreting it differently. He sees something that he didn't see before. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you want to know where the, what the, where the message is, you don't look any farther. It's right where Rich is sitting and right where Anne is sitting. I don't have the message. We are the message. Yeah, we are of spirit, not of body and brain. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say goodbye. I think. Eh? Mm-hmm. Not forever, but hopefully not. <laughs> bye. Bye for now. Yeah. Let me see everybody and say hello. I got to get my hair done. I'm looking a little, uh, a little. I've gone to seed, a little feralness there. All right, we got Steve. Nice to see you, Steve, again. Yes? Let's make a compact between both of us, not taking ourselves too seriously. Yeah, good. Yeah.